fam. Happy Monday. Uh, we are so excited to share with you episode one of our coverage of HBO's McMillions, especially now, you guys, because it's really just hilarious. There's no murder. It's mostly just a bunch of like mafia idiots and like hot FBI guys. Jillian is in rare form. Remember, we started recording McMillions right after Tiger King, which was a little rough for her, but McMillions is her wheelhouse girl. Truly, this is one of the funnest series we've recorded in a while. You can find all six episodes available right now and ad-free at the $5 level on Patreon, which is also where you find all of the other series that we've covered, like The Jinx, Making a Murderer, Serial, Lorena, The Disappearance of Madeline McCann, The Murder of Lacey Peterson, The Menendez Brothers, OJ. It's over 140 full bonus episodes to download and binge right this second. So if you'd like to subscribe and get all that content, just head on over to patreon.com slash truecrimeobsessed or go to our website, truecrimeobsessed.com and click on the Patreon link. And we love you. Enjoy episode one of McMillions. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Girl, McMillions episode one. Look, I got to say this right at the top before we say anything else. What? Are we going to do that thing where we pretend that McDonald's food is not the goddamn most delicious thing that God ever made? No, we're not going to do that, girl. We're going to be very honest about our experiences (laughs) and our lives. They had so much McDonald's food spread out and all I wanted- In the the reenactments, which I loved, by the way. (laughs) Right. I love that. Look, if you guys came to our live shows, remember in the before times when we do live shows? We did several live shows shows about a documentary called Cocaine Island and yes. McMillions reminds me of that in the sense where the music it's very stylized the reenactments are very like on the nose in a good way like they're very aware and I really appreciate that so a yeah. lot of the reenactments of the FBI dudes like trying to bring this down the gigantic conference room table is just filled right. with McDonald's and I I just I need that you guys I've been through a lot don't fuck with cats and Tiger King and like rape and murder and abuse and now it's like the quote victim is McDonald's McDonald's? I know. Sign me up. Give me some white collar crime. Let's do this. I'm so excited. I haven't seen you this alive in seven episodes. Oh my God. And let me tell you, let me tell you another thing. This McDonald's Monopoly game when I was yeah. in high school. Oh, okay. So I've talked about Ashley on this podcast. She's been on the Hamilcast. She's my best friend in the world. But when we were like in high school and even like through college, the McDonald's Monopoly game, we were like, oh, dude, word. Like it's fucking back. Oh my God. We're going to McDonald's right now. We would, we would try to get, we had all those pieces everywhere. And the, the gag was that we only ever won like small fries or like a fucking <laughs> apple pie, which nobody wants or a small drink. And now I know it was right the whole time. I am personally attacked by McMillions, but I, you know, we bumped this for Tiger King. You guys, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Let's go. I'm raring to go. Oh, my Lord. All right, girl. Get us started then. You get didn't us expect started. this. You didn't expect this, did you? I, I like, I'm, I'm smiling from ear to ear. My, I'm like the Joker. I can't, like, I'm not, I'm just so excited. She is alive, you guys. She is alive. alive. <laughs> uh, all right, start us off. All right. So we open on this, like, McDonald's Monopoly hype, which I was, again, totally a part of. And they're like, but then it's like all of this, like, Monopoly, Monopoly, McDonald's, McDonald's. And then it's just like, boom. No one knew the truth. If you were around back in the 90s. You heard it everywhere, but no one knew the truth about the game being played. No one. 
also another thing I love. I'm just like, okay, 90s soundtrack because we just cut totally. to Jane's addiction, been caught stealing. Yeah. It's not the first <laughs> 90s song we're going to hear. And so the prizes range from like cars to boats up to a million dollars. Again, you only won like a small drink or french fries <laughs> or an apple pie. But yeah, so we learned that from 1989 to 2001, there were almost no legitimate winners of any of the high-value game pieces. And so then we get from currently an unnamed person. Yeah. And just like... I mean, how crazy bullshit is that? <laughs> I mean, how crazy bullshit is that? <laughs> and then it's like opening credits. Let me tell you, I love these opening credits. I love the music. It's night. It's stylized. It's bananas. I love it. Give me more of that. Give me more. Let's take down the corporations or not or whatever. Don't hurt anybody. Oh, God. I am so in. You guys, it's been a long it's true. couple months. It's been a long time that I'm like so excited about this. Like I'm going to try to keep yeah. my windows are shut. It's 800 degrees. I'm sweating already. I just uh-huh. I can't. I feel like I finally am allowed to be happy. <laughs> Don't take that away from me. Don't do it. Real talk. I need this. I need this really bad. <laughs> She leaned all the way into the FaceTime. So we're in, I'm sorry, Florida, but we're back again, girl. I know. It's, we're in Jacksonville, Florida. It's not our fault, okay? No. Again, don't take this away from me. Yeah. We meet this guy, Chris Graham. He's the former him. squad supervisor for the FBI, like in Jacksonville or whatever. And I just have, oh, is everyone going to be handsome in this? I guess everyone's going to be handsome. So far, everyone knows how to wear a suit. Yeah. And I'm talking everybody. This is not a heteronormative kind of thing. Everyone in this, a pantsuit, a skirt suit, a regular suit, I don't care. Everyone is like very attractive and knows their shit, which makes them more attractive. Yeah. And again, I don't mean to be vulgar. This is not played for like penis laughs, but these pants are very crotchy that he's sitting in. And the angle is awkward is all I'm saying. It's like, oh, it's just a crotchy angle. You always go to the crotch. I know. The the last time we had like, he was sitting crotch. I know, but the last time we had crotch first was Madeline McCann. Oh Girl, breaking news, there was an update in the case today. Oh, God. What? 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 Girl, don't take it away from me. We were happy. We were oh, happy. Sorry, sorry, what sorry, happened? Sorry, Is sorry, it good sorry. or bad? Is it good or bad? Good. I mean, I, good in the sense that, like, there's a new suspect who's in, like, a German jail. Oh, great. I know. We'll talk about it later. They're in a German prison. Perfect. I know. <laughs> great. So, anyway, we learn... Jacksonville FBI had a little bit of a reputation of being a sleepy hollow retirement office. There was a a slower attitude there, very undersized, you know, a fraction of of a Miami or an Atlanta or something like that spread, you know, spread very thin. Yeah, it was like the anti-Florida where it's like nothing interesting happens. Right. So they weren't really doing much. So Chris Graham's like, even before I got there, even before I got to my post, I knew about two people. Legendary Rick Dent, which is a name out of a comic book. (laughs) I know Harvey Dent. I know that. But like, and his new young hotshot partner, Doug Matthews. (laughs) So Doug Matthews is very excited to get paired up with Rick. I was lucky to link up with Rick Dent early on and have him as the old guard. You know, my training agent, he's a a mathematician and has about as much personality as this piece of wood right here. 
He's knocking on his desk, his gigantic <laughs> desk in the corner office. And Doug, I see you, girl. So Doug and Rick were total opposites. And Doug is like, like, look, we've heard about Doug in the group and in emails and in yes. comments and in DMs. Doug Matthews, like, being the star of this thing. And he is very quotable. And we're going to get there. We're going to dive into him 100%. But, like, he's also handsome. I have Googled Doug Matthews shirtless. Nothing comes up. Nothing comes up. You know why? Because what? he's still in the FBI and right. his life needs to be kind of a secret. So I, go- I Googled him too. You think I didn't Google him? So Doug and Rick were total opposites. And Doug says this thing where he's like, I was always looking for another fun rad. Doug wants us to know he has a fun meter. Yes. This is also called like Fun Meter Productions, if you caught the very end of this. No. I think they named it. Yeah, Fun Meter. It's like a whole other thing. Spoiler, Rick Dent declined to be interviewed right. for McMillions. <laughs> so Rick, girl, you have Doug Matthews telling your story now. Right. And that that's on you. <laughs> that's on you. So first of all, my question is like, how did Doug Matthews end up in the Jacksonville branch of the FBI? It seems, how did he get into the FBI in the first place? He seems like a very bad fit. And how did he end up in like the most boring office of the FBI? Also seems like a very bad fit. I think he's a great fit for the FBI. I think he was born in Jacksonville. I hear that little Southern drawl uh-huh, he has. Uh-huh. And I think he's young. You have to work your way up, you know? Right. You don't just, like, go to... I wasn't expecting you to have all the answers to my rhetorical questions, but here we are. Look, Google came up with nothing I had to improvise. <laughs> but he says to us that, like, the FBI office that I worked in was real focused on insurance fraud. It was super boring. And so he's saying, like, one day I was, like, just looking over at my partner Rick's computer, and he's got, like, a post-it that says McDonald's Monopoly fraud question mark. And he's like, well, that looks like fun. Because I'm bored to death with this healthcare garbage, right? It's important. But I was ready to move on. Sometimes I have that ADD thing of the shinier object or whatever. So I see this, this note in the corner part of his desk. And all I saw was McDonald's Monopoly fraud with a question mark. And I go, what is that? Doug is me in this moment because I do this all the time on the podcast, but Doug's like, I was so done with this healthcare garbage. I know it's so important. It's super important. I know that, but it's really just not my speed. Yeah. It's really yeah. like not where I want to be. And I'm like, Doug, feel very seen by you right now totally. because it is important, but like someone else is better suited for that job. I, I want to do the McDonald's Monopoly right. thing. <laughs> so Doug sees this post-it. So what he told me was that there was uh, an individual who had called in and had this story that the Monopoly game was fixed. Dent thought it was just some BS story. So this, yeah, here, run run with this for a little bit, young man. Girl, if you leave me alone and shut up, you can look it into the Monopoly right. thing. Just go <laughs> away. I just need 10 minutes to like return this phone call. Look into the McDonald's thing. <laughs> leave me alone. Rick is like, all right, weirdo, take this and run with it. Like, all we know is that somebody called in and said, look, the whole Monopoly thing is fixed. Everyone's related to everyone. Have a blast. So Doug is like, great. He's like, I sat down at my desk. I called the informant. I contacted the source of this call. And the source gave me three names that were previous million-dollar winners and said, I know this is fixed because these people are related. They're on the family tree somehow with all different names. They might have all different names, but they're in the same family tree. Right. And the person in charge... Uncle Jerry. And the second that he gets actual useful information, he brings it back to Rick. And then Doug tells us to camera today. He's like, like any senior agent goes, and this happens even in today's bureau. The new young guy goes out and finds a nice piece of gold. The old agent goes, give me that back and let me look at this. And that's about how it was. 
in my mind, I see Rick Dent just like whoosh, snatching it yeah. right out of his hands. And that's exactly what happened. So Rick calls up the U.S. Attorney's Office and we meet Mark Devereaux. Any relation to Blanche? <laughs> that was my question too. I have the same note. Look, they're all in Florida. Look, she's in Miami. He's in Jacksonville. Maybe they're brother's sister. Who knows? They're like third cousins at best. <laughs> I think. Mark Devereaux is very, I mean, they're both straight shooters, yeah. but I think Mark Devereaux has like too much work to do. Right. So and then about Mark Devereaux, Doug Matthews says, I don't even know if Devereaux knew what Monopoly game was. I, I have no idea. You know, I think he was a Burger King guy. I don't know. And I'm like, Doug, I love you already, but enough with the jokes, right. girl. We're here. Like, <laughs> Leave that to us, Doug. Leave that shit to us, please. Because you know when he knows he's making a good joke, he laughs right. at himself totally. about it. He didn't laugh at that one, or it was just a great edit. But anyway, so it's like, oh my God, Mark Devereaux, if you don't have interest from a prosecutor, you're wasting your time. You're nothing. And then, you guys, the closed caption actually says funky music. Cue the music. <laughs> Cue the cool camera shot. We are here with Mark Devereaux. Bow now. Bow. Bow now. Bow. But then Devereaux sits down. In and this case, it was, you know, I don't know if this is real or don't know if it's just somebody to try and to get family members somehow interviewed and get them in trouble. It could have just been a couple of different family members trying to get each other in trouble. Is that a thing? I was like, what kind of? Look, know. I mean, there's been family drama in my family, but my God. Yeah, like with the FBI, that seems like a step too far if you're asking me. It does seem like just like block them, right, block their number, <laughs> block their email. Like it just seems like a lot of work on everyone's side to be like bringing them down from the FBI when there's really nothing involved here. No. But the thing is, there's some stuff going on. Yeah, and so Devereaux's able to say, he's like, I didn't know if this was legit or not, but the, when I looked into it, he's like, yeah. When you like do the family tree, all of the winners of these big prizes, they all had family connections. And he says, he was like, his job doesn't really allow for coincidences. Yes. So the odds of three relatives winning the big prizes in the Monopoly game is, girl, are you ready for this? It's one in 300 sextillion. So it's 300 with 21 zeros after it. Yeah. It's 300 sextillion. I thought you'd be happy that it was a sex. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know. You, I thought you about thought you. of me. I, this isn't all about me. This isn't all about me not having to deal with the animals and the rape and everything. It's just I love about both of us. that you think I'm so hoary that even like a sex number would make me giggle. Am I right or am I right? You're correct. Ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> and so now that Mark Devereaux is in on this, again, he's a big get. He's like the DA. Like if he wasn't into this, it wouldn't have gone anywhere. And so Doug is saying right. to us like, Once Devereaux said, yeah. I'm interested in this. He's on for everything, all the strategy sessions. Some prosecutors, you see that space, you know? Devereaux, you got no space. Right all up in there with you. Not only was Devereaux in, he was all in. And so they start saying, like, how could this happen? Like, where would the opportunity to steal even come from? How many suspects are we looking at? They're saying, like, we got to figure out who makes the food, who makes the burgers, who makes the boxes, who makes the drinks. And then more importantly, like, who in the corporate office might be involved in this? Like, this could be all the way to the top or not at all. And, like, that's what they have to figure out. Right. And so they're like, whoa, wait, wait, where do we start? Because there was a lot to look into, but they didn't know how to do it without compromising this case. Right. So they needed what they call a sort 
source of information on the inside. So there's this whole big conversation and this is the reenactment where it's a gigantic table just filled with McDonald's. Yes. Like McDonald's, oh there's like maybe like 10 people in the room but it's McDonald's for like 30. <laughs> AKA McDonald's for me. Those cheeseburgers, they just melt in your mouth because they're not real food, girl, but it doesn't matter. It's so delicious. And also like that definitely didn't happen in the FBI meetings. They no. weren't just like, let's just, get, let's just order a bunch of McDonald's. <laughs> like that just didn't happen. So there's this big conversation, right? Do we contact McDonald's? Do we let them know that there's something happening? And Doug is like, I was sitting back going, don't let them know. I don't want them involved yet. Way too soon. But that's me. And I went, that was just one little tiny voice. And I mean tiny when I say that. And then Devereaux's like, okay, noted, but we're fucking doing this, girl. But like, you know, they're saying, so we have to tell somebody, we don't want to tell like many people. We just have to keep it very small. So they contact the global head of security. This blew my mind. This isn't, this whole thing was insane. <laughs> it's insane. <I> <laughs> He's like, hey, girl, it's Devereaux, girl. Are you the global head of security? And he's like, yes, my name is Rob Holm. What can I do for you today? In fact, what you can do is get on a plane to Jacksonville. Don't tell anybody why or where you're going. And if you tell anybody you're coming to see the FBI, we will have you and your whole family murdered. And also, just speaking for Mark Devereaux, we're not going to tell you why you're going to come see the FBI immediately I, in two seconds. Can you imagine getting that phone call, girl? No. Your hair would just spontaneously. I meant, can you personally imagine getting that phone call? <laughs> You would spontaneously combust. This is why I have 28 pages of notes for this and I'm not kidding. But so this Holmes guy brings like two people with him. Apparently like the two people that were allowed to know. They all arrive in Jacksonville. McDonald's sent three people and I personally picked them up here in Jacksonville. And we drove over to the FBI office in the morning. Mostly it was just welcome to Jacksonville, this and that didn't even explain to them what we had. Welcome to Jacksonville. Still not telling you anything, but the thing is, they spent the <laughs> night. They got they got on a plane. They spent, no one slept that night at that shitty motel no. the FBI put them up in. What on earth yeah. does the FBI want to talk to me about? Like, there's got to be a better way, FBI. Like, there's got to right, be totally. a better way. So we get this scene where it's like the next day, they all shuffle into the conference room at the FBI headquarters. The poor McDonald's people still don't know why they're there. No on the FBI side, they're there's all- 14 orders of McDonald's on the totally. conference room table. They're being stared down by these FBI guys. Right, so we're about to get into like the business of it all. Cut to Doug, and he's like, this part of the investigation was extremely extremely boring to me. So he was told that he had to show up and do his goddamn job, but he's like, so I showed up. I might have had a gold suit on. Might have. And so I think I showed up. I might have had a gold suit on. I had it in the closet, and I thought, this is a great opportunity to wear this like a golden fry suit, right? Man, when I wore that in there, Mark Devereaux, if he could have ripped it off with his hands, he would have. He goes, are you kidding me? But I had a white shirt on, right? So I thought I was safe. <laughs> I went. This reenactment, you guys, the music, all of it. He's like, I had it in the closet. It's like a golden frost suit. It felt nice to wear. Mark Devereaux, of course, thinking? is furious. At, so now I think he's definitely related to Blanche because she would not have that shit either. <laughs> You're just like, you're the young new rookie and you're going to show up in a gold suit to just to show them. And then Devereaux's like, Doug has 
quite a wardrobe. And there he is sitting there, and lo and behold, he looks like he's a manager of a McDonald's. And I'm like, wait, how many other meetings? What else is he? Was it a purple suit for, like, Grimace? Like, what was he? What's going on? So, you know, Mark goes up to this whiteboard, and he just starts writing down names. And he's writing down all the names of the winners, all the winners of the big prizes, you guys. Not me and Ashley, not the actual small fries and the Cokes and the apple pies. Who needs it? We're talking about the boats, the trips, the instant $1 million. And so Mark is like, hey, girl, do you recognize these names? Again, terrifying. You don't know why you're there. Right. According to the documentary, they don't know why they're there. If you were the global head of security, you would think that you would recognize the names of the winners of the million dollar payouts. But he's like, no, girl, I don't know who who are they. So they they do this thing where they just like start connecting, literally taking out like a marker and connecting the names. Devro's putting it around the whiteboard there. Well, did you know this? Do you know this? Brothers, sisters, cousins, mother, daughter, that type thing. This person is married to this person's daughter. And the names, the last names were all different. The McDonald's people's jaws just hit the table, scattering Big Macs and chicken nuggets all over the floor. They all went flying. The special sauce is everywhere. (laughs) And so Doug kind of touches on what we're all thinking. He's like, is McDonald's like a zillion dollar corporate entity? Like that's been super problematic over the years. Are they really a victim? Right. And like the thing is on paper, McDonald's is the victim here, which I know sounds crazy to say, but like the rules of their promotional game were broken. Yeah. And the FBI super wants to bust the people that did this. And so they're saying like, look, we're going to trust McDonald's that they're not in on this, but we also need them because like without them, we won't be able to solve this. And then Chris, I call him boss Chris. He tells us that they learned that McDonald's was like just about to launch a whole new round of the Monopoly game anyway. And so the FBI is saying to McDonald's like, girl, do it. And let us work with you. Let us watch it in real time and catch these people red-handed. And I think that, like, Chris, the boss, thought that, like, McDonald's was going to just eager beaverly be like, yes, girl, yes, girl, and, like, stand up and give him a round of applause. And that's not what happened. They annoyingly were like, can we think about it? Um, So boss Chris, as you call him, which I love, he was just like proving this case historically, which is what we traditionally did in white collar cases where you rely on paperwork, you rely on witness interviews, you rely on bank statements was going to be very difficult, almost monumental. So we would, in this case, have to think outside the box. And then we find out that they were on the cusp of running another game. We would be drowning in like documents and bake statements. And this could be like monumental. And I'm like, call Susan Simpson. She's great at this. Just call her up. She knows how to navigate maps like a champ. She's thrown them out like she's a dealer in Las Vegas. She's got them. Exactly. Susan Simpson like... Just like the the sound of papers being <laughs> being sorted through and solved. You know, that's her alarm sound when the, when the alarm goes off in the morning. It's the sound of shuffling paper. She's out of bed like a whip. She's like, there's paperwork that needs to be done. I gotta go. <laughs> Nine inch heels just running out the door. Look, she's got legs that go all the way down to the floor, my friend. She's incredible. <laughs> so we get a sit down interview with Rob Holmes, the director of global security for McDonald's. And he tells us like all about McDonald's. Our brand is throughout the world. 37,000 restaurants and 120 countries so it's it's a big responsibility when i first learned about our monopoly game being compromised i was shocked i was utterly shocked the thing is like mcdonald's like 
they were just going through a lot of image problems as a brand. Like yes. they had mad cow disease. That was a thing. <laughs> and then they were just like mad cow. And now this, we can't have a fraud. Yeah. And so like McDonald's is wishy-washy about if they're going to do this or not, because they're like one of the most trusted brands in the country. If it were to get out that like this fraud was happening, how would that affect sales? Mark Devereaux actually says dollars to donuts. I know. <laughs> he was like, look. I wasn't in their meetings, but I would bet dollars to donuts that there were a few people that said, we can't do this, shut it off, and nobody ever finds out about this. That was a Susan Simpson thing, right? Yes, he was like, I'd bet dollars to donuts that there were a few people who wanted to shut this shit down because it would risk the brand and there would be like too many people looking like behind the curtain over at McDonald's. But more importantly, he said dollars to donuts. But this is where like Robert Holm, the head of the global security is saying like, and I I liked this, he was like- Making that call was something that we took seriously. Our worry all along was that this could be leaked out publicly. So it was not an easy decision, but ultimately we owed it to our customers to do the right thing, which is to run the game one more time. So they're in, you guys. McDonald's is in. And so then we get, again, 90s soundtrack. This is how we do it. And I'm like, yes. Right. Because then Defro is like, okay, great. We're all working together. Tell us how you did it, girl. And McDonald's is like, I'm sorry, what? We make Big Macs. We right. don't know how to run a promo game, girl. We hired a company for that. And that name is Simon Marketing. We just exactly. make the Big Macs and the McFlurries and all that. No. And then, like, we're all of a sudden at home in the kitchen of Richard White, who was with Simon Marketing from like the 80s or whatever. I'm Richard White. White uh, started at uh, Simon Marketing in 1981. The game Monopoly has come to life at McDonald's. The uh, Monopoly game, we designed that game, and it was running once a year. A $2 million grand prize. Play Monopoly. It was a ridiculous amount of increase in McDonald's business, like 40% when we ran the game. And so then we get kind of the rules of the game here. So there were very specific rules about how you get a game piece for McDonald's Monopoly. One of the ways was that you could just walk in and ask for free to get a game piece because otherwise it was gambling. That was not made clear to me (laughs) when I was obsessed with this game back in the day. Didn't know I could just do that. I want the cheeseburgers, girl. You think I want, look, you and Ashley can have all the game pieces. Just give me the cheeseburgers and fries. I just want a Big Mac at four in the morning. That's just what I, that's what I want. So rule number two, the pieces would be on like fries, drinks, maybe a Big Mac container. And also the pieces were in magazines and newspapers. So those are the ways you can get a game piece. But the thing is, Mark Devereaux comes in because he wants to have a little pizzazz too. He's like, Nowhere in the game rules does it say, I can get a game piece from Uncle Jerry. Mark, girl, trying to get your screen time. So then Boss Mark is telling us, all right, back at FBI headquarters, look, we got to name this thing. It's an operation. We got to name it. They do a contest. Yeah, they did a contest and they come up with things like Operation Unhappy Meal, Ball and Arches. I think there were a few playing on the Hamburglar, something about stale fries. Dad joke central. But I was like, is this what the FBI does? Like, is this the best use of resources and time? They need to have some fun too, girl. They need to have, (laughs) blow off some steam. They're all in the trenches together. But 
I'm very disappointed with what ended up being the name of this thing because yeah. the newest McDonald's game at the time was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which is like the biggest TV show on the planet in 2001, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So they named the Monopoly case Operation Final Answer. And I, I have know. in my notes, ooh, what a missed opportunity. Let's go back to the Hamburglar. <laughs> Fallen Arches I would have been fine with. Like yeah. to make it about Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I know. I know bigger fish to fry, but like you guys, like, right out the gate, I'm just like, <laughs> come on. You guys, in like 20 years, there's going to be a loudmouth woman and some chunky gay who's going to have a lot of thoughts about this. You weren't thinking ahead. <laughs> so the thing is, they have to find out who this Uncle Jerry guy is, right? That's the only name they have. Right. He's the only name on the cork board, that big FBI cork board that they have in every reenactment. And now, of course, this one. Right. So <laughs> Doug Matthews is like, you guys, you guys, undercover? You guys, how about undercover? He's right. dying. <laughs> D- he's pushing it at every meeting. It's getting to the point where he'd walk in and Mark Devereaux would be like, Doug, if you say the word undercover, you're not allowed in this meeting. Every single meeting. I'm the one over there going, undercover investigation, undercover investigation. I didn't think anybody was listening. As a matter of fact, I think a couple of them started out with Matthews. I don't want to hear anything about an undercover investigation. McDonald's and the FBI are now in cahoots. Yes. McDonald's is running the game knowing that it's a fraud and that it's fixed. They don't know how. They're in cahoots with the FBI. And suddenly, bring, bring, McDonald's calls the FBI with a fucking winner. Yeah. His name is Michael Hoover. And I, I say winner lightly. Just right. saying. He, like, quote, <laughs> he, quote, wins the million dollars and he's just a nightmare altogether. Yeah. So he wins the million dollars. He lives in the Florida area. He's a pit boss at a local casino. And so they set up a wiretap for this guy. And once again, Doug is bored as hell. You know, you're sitting. You're not really doing anything. And that's a boring situation for me. I don't know how many poems I can write on a piece of paper to get through it. Excuse me. Where is that book of Doug Matthews poetry? (laughs) I know. He does have this great idea because he's like, look, the whole thing about this game is that the winners sign an agreement before they get the money saying that they are allowing McDonald's to use their image in like whatever promotional stuff McDonald's wants to do. So this guy had done that. And so Doug is like, girl, this is my chance. This is my big break. And he's absolutely right. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. So you guys, long story short, Doug gets his dream come true. Doug's going to Disney World. He's going undercover. He finally gets called up. He's doing the big gig. He has to get special authority. And the thing about Doug going undercover is like, Doug wasn't prepped as an undercover guy. And there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that goes into going undercover, which is comforting for me to hear. Like there's a lot of training and it's really important. You want to keep everybody safe. Yeah. Doug's going undercover. And like, we meet the woman who was the head of like the undercover situation. How was this not a movie? Like they turned the Polka King thing into a movie. This needs to be a movie. But we meet the lady who like runs the undercover division. And she's like, look, I tried to get him to become an undercover agent because he was just, he was a natural. Undercover was like acting, only it's real. You know, you sit there and there's a real threat and somebody could harm you. And Doug's like, girl, I don't want to have to do any of like the hard stuff. I just want to do the fun thing where I got to like put on a costume and pretend to be somebody else. Right. Her name is Janet Pellicciotti. And she's like, look, you and me both. I tried. Right. I tried <laughs> to get him to do undercover because the thing is, he's excellent at it. Yeah. But now we meet like the cast. We meet the undercover crew. So we meet this guy, Jan Garvin, who is a former videographer for the FBI. When I answered his call, he said, you're going to love this. Not, hey, Jen, how's it going? Let's go, you know, how's it, tra-? you know, you're going to love this. And after he explained what it was, it was like, okay, we can do this. And yeah, I'm going to love it. I 
fucking love him. He's an actual videographer. So he's playing the role of camera guy. But he like right. knows how to hold a camera. He knows yes. what's going on. So then we get Boss Chris saying like, with any good production company, you need a good name. And in this right. case, we called it Shamrock Productions, like Shamrock Shake, which McDonald's used to have. And never did I want a Shamrock Shake more in my life than when I saw the company logo on this van. But the tagline was... Because you're, you're just, just lucky. lucky. <laughs> See, where was that energy when you were naming the goddamn right. thing? Exactly. So Doug is saying to us, like, look, we wanted to keep it in-house, but we needed somebody who had that, like, McDonald's experience. We needed somebody who, like, was embedded in this world of dealing with the winners. We knew none of us could fake it. You guys enter Amy Murray. The FBI investigation happened 17 years ago. And it's been years since I've talked to anyone. So, in fact, I don't really tell the story that much because, uh, you know, how do you drop into conversation that you're part of an FBI investigation? Amy, girl, stick with us. We'll show you. It's very easy. I know. Very if I was... easy to drop that into cocktail hour. Totally. So easy. Just stick with us, girl. We got you. If I was ever in an FBI investigation, it would be the only thing. I, I My interview would be like, I've only told this story for 17 years. You would have shirts. You would only wear a shirt that says, I took down McDonald's Monopoly. It would be a whole thing. Yeah. But the thing that's crazy about Amy is that she was only like working with the Monopoly game for six months. So one day she gets a phone call that includes the following information. Yeah. One, one, it's all a scam. Right. Two, it's probably a criminal enterprise. And three, girl, you're going undercover like tomorrow. <laughs> and she's like, I haven't even like moved into my desk yet. I didn't right. even like bring the pictures of my family in there yet. Like what? Girl, you're going undercover. Five, six, seven, eight, you're on. You are on. But she says. I started thinking back to all the answers uh, that I've heard from Monopoly winners in the past. And it did seem like they were almost scripted. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and I started to realize that it did seem like there was a pattern. And the yeah. minute she says the word pattern, the FBI, the totally. antennas are up and they're like, oh my God, we need Amy on our team. Amy, we call her. We got her. Yeah. We need Amy. And so we get Amy to Cameron now. She's like, we really didn't know how far we would have to go to help the FBI get evidence. And yes, there were nerves involved and I was nervous but I was all in. You know, I wanted to make it right as fast as possible. And so Amy meets all these FBI guys and she's teaching them like how a PR team would act, what a producer yeah. would do, what a camera guy would do. And Jan, the camera guy, like knows, but you have to act like you give a shit about this guy who we all know is lying. Just for clarity's sake, the whole thing is they're a fake production crew going to the home of the guy that won because they think he's in on the scam and he probably is. Right, so you guys, what time is it? Showtime! It's showtime. It all, <laughs> it's all fun and games, but look, they cannot screw this up. Amy is a civilian and it's very sweet. We have Janet, we have Jan, we have Doug all saying like, Amy, we have your back. And the thing is like, look, they don't know who this Michael Hoover guy is. They think it's a criminal organization. There's right. a lot of unknowns. You have to be careful. They don't know if he's in the mob, if he's going to pull a gun on them. And Amy's like, six months ago, I was jobless. Oh God. Right. Like, <laughs> I thought this was going to be fun. Literally fun and games. This McDonald's and Monopoly. Right. How dangerous could it be? <laughs> Meanwhile, she's now undercover. But they show up at this guy's house and this is where we learn that like in an undercover operation like this there's always a team in another van like parked yeah. down the road you guys this other van's logo extreme plumbing to which i thought oh my god they're parked in front of somebody's house that doesn't look like it needs a plumber it needs an extreme plumber <laughs> extreme you guys don't even ask what happened in there if that van were parked in front of my house i would run out with a broom i'd be like you get out of here how about like a1 plumbing right exactly extreme plumbing it's like oh Oh, girl. Or just simply right. plumbing. <laughs> plumbing. <laughs> 
But you guys, okay, so here's the thing. So all of this is a reenactment, right? It's like the crew is together and they're we're walking up to this house and Jan, the videographer, says that the best line, he's like, If we were set up to record pretty much anything, we would hit hit the record button. You never know what you're gonna capture. Always gold when they don't know it. You guys, yeah. suddenly, like the skies opened. This is the shit I live for. Suddenly, I know, I know. we're inside Michael Hoover's house and it's the real footage from 2001 with Doug and Amy and all our friends. I fucking screamed. I stood up and I screamed. Know. This is the shit I love. I know. It's, and it was like so well placed in the film. Yes. Like, it was just, it was perfect. It's like we opened the door and suddenly it's like this grainy footage from 2001 that normally totally. we hate. Yes. But now, I, because we can't see anything, but now it's like because we know these people, like, oh my God, yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing. And then you see this idiot Hoover, the guy who quote, won the million dollars. You see him on the stairs. You know how they present you with that huge check? I know, it's ridiculous. The check is wrapped in this box. This box is has been taped for Jesus. Like, you need the jaws of life to open this goddamn thing you've got 14 people trying to open this box with a check in it i think it's just to like kill some time like they could have just like oh like walked up like publisher's clearinghouse with an actual check but i think they were just trying to make him a little comfortable spend more time in the house whatever so like jan the genius videographer has this camera set up where it's like a wide shot on the whole room as they're quote setting up it's amazing they're laughing they're schmoozing amy brought confetti god bless her and like and amy's like you know everything had to seem natural like we've done this a hundred times and it really does feel that way like they open the check and they're like there's Mr. Monopoly alright alright it's gotta be sinking in now now it's official Ronald McDonald the official signature (laughs) but like he wasn't excited that was the thing Hoover was like the least excited person in the room it was like it was almost as though he was expecting this or something oh my god can we talk to the fucking footage of him explaining how he won this is the last 10 pages of my notes I, I know. wrote down every line. I, I am. I cannot believe you guys. If you're gonna do a scam, don't do it. Number yeah, one. But yeah, if you're gonna yeah, yeah. do it, get people who like are gonna be decent at it. This right. guy is sweating buckets. Okay. Yeah. So Amy, Amy's like, "Hey, girl, tell us the story. Tell us how you won in your own words." And I have in my notes in bold, Michael period Hoover period is a mess. Day started out pretty peaceful. It was a day off, and uh, mm-hmm. I went to the beach for a while. I ended up uh, actually falling asleep at the beach, and uh, when I woke up, the wind had come up and uh, was covered with sand, not a lot, but a little bit of sand, and I picked up my belongings and I headed down to the water there to kind of wash my legs off with the sand, and uh, I was a little klutzy. Uh, the People magazine <clears throat> and uh, my towel fell out of the backpack, fell into the water. And He's the worst liar on earth. <laughs> and also the dry mouth and the mouth sounds, I can't. <laughs> So, and look, I know we always, we always go back to, you can't ever know what you're going to say unless you're in that situation. However, when you instantly win a million dollars, it's just a little bit different. Yeah. This is a good thing. Nobody died. You guys, the notes go on forever. He's like, I, uh, I ended up, uh falling asleep at the beach and then i uh, and then i woke up and 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 the the wind had come up uh and i was covered with sand well not a lot of sand but a little bit of sand and uh i picked up my belongings and i headed down to the water there to kind of wash my legs off with the sand this guy just won a million dollars i know i I was a little klutzy and the people magazine and then he clears his throat (coughs) that had kind of fell out of you know out of my backpack and fell into the water it got real wet so I ended up throwing those up away so I drive away from the beach I got provisions for dinner who says provisions for dinner 
And he's like, I stopped at uh, McQuaid's. Uh, it's a supermarket just just down yonder. And I uh, picked up a few things. And then I picked up a new People magazine because I hadn't read it down at the right. beach because, <laughs> I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it fell as, as the klutz that I am. And so I get home with the provisions for dinner, as you know, that I got the provisions for dinner. And I get home and I'm leafing through this People magazine. And we had, and then he starts to stutter. And when I got home, I was leafing through it. And uh, we had the McDonald's... Uh, the Monopoly game, and it had instant prize winners on it. Or it had the, the quick pick, whatever you call them. I don't mm-hmm. know what they're called. Uh, and the first one I peeled off, I believe, was Pennsylvania Avenue. And the second one I peeled off was a million-dollar instant prize winner. And it was like, wow, is this for real? And then he's like, and we had the, the, the McDonald's, the, the, I mean the McDonald's mon- 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 Monopoly game. Uh-huh. And it had these instant, it had these, it had these instant prize winners. And so, or the quick pick or whatever you call them. I don't know what they're called. I don't know exactly what they're called. I knew nothing about this. I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about it. It was just on the air. It was just 800 commercials 15 times a day, but I didn't know anything about it. So uh, the first one, the first one I peeled off and I believe it was uh, <clears throat> Pennsylvania Avenue. And I'm like, get to the fucking point <laughs> and he's like the second one i peeled off it was a uh, it was a million dollar instant prize winner and i was like wow is this for real and then i followed uh i followed the directions and i made the calls and now you lovely people are in my home and i'm like yeah. look look maybe we can't say what we would have said but i th- yeah. i think i know you and you know me i'd be like okay so how how much detail do you I mean I like totally. I pulled I mean I won the million dollars so how far do you want me to go back like totally. what are you interested in because I'll tell you everything but the thing is I got this magazine what is it who is it what and I pulled this over but remember like, how she said that the winner's answers always felt rehearsed yes like this was such a fucking rehearsed story right but I mean he's boring get a young idiot get like a young right. high school get me get, Doug. get right. me <laughs> or Ashley we would have been so excited to win and how many apple pies I, I mean my god <laughs> So Doug is listening intently, and he's taking notes, and Doug is like... Amy's just used to getting the story, but for me, I'm putting legs to that. Hang on, man. And he was mentioning some grocery store, and so I go, which one? Is it right here? Hey, can you take us there? He goes, sure. You know, he's feeding off the energy part. No, I wasn't about to stop that. That was great. It's a field trip, right? The FBI team is pissed because he's going off script and that's that's really not safe. You know, like it's it's not a safe thing to do. So they go to the store and they get Michael Hoover to hold up the People magazine. And I'm sorry, this is in such bad taste. It just has vanished on it with that famous photo of Chandra Chandra Levy. Levy. Yeah, it's bizarre. And, you know, like the footage of him in the parking lot is so staged because, you know, Amy's like, girl, can you get excited? Because he's like, this is where I got the uh, People magazine and inside. We had the Monopoly game with the instant $1 million winner. And it was great. It's fantastic. One, two, three. Thanks, McDonald's. Hey. It's fantastic. <laughs> this is not the Michael Hoover we met in his living room. Like, he's trying to totally. ride the wave because now he's like, oh, they fucking bought it. They bought totally. it. Totally. They totally yeah. buy the story. And then Doug says to him, like, girl, what did you do with the money? Because Doug is like, I wanted to know what he got because I wanted to go seize that shit. And the Hoover guy is like, I'm going to buy a boat. And Doug is like, what name would you have on the back of your boat? And he was like, ruthless scoundrel. 
first of all, Doug is a star for asking that question so quickly. What are yes. you going to name it? Like, he's very good at this. Totally. He's a pain in the ass. He's so annoying. Yes. No one wants to work <laughs> with him. I totally get it. But like, he's good at it. Yeah. And so then Doug is like, why don't we go to the beach? Remember that boring story you told us about the sand? Well, why don't we just go there? And now more off script. Everyone's mad. And now they're on the beach. But you guys, there's footage of this. And Doug is like, let me just get you in the good shot with a John Chick. And and Jan, the videographer, is like, this is not a controlled environment. Hoover's right. living room is a controlled environment. The beach with cameras and confetti and the giant check and everyone paying attention to them. And it's fucking spring break and all these drunk idiots. Not a controlled environment. Totally. Doug, this is the third place, the third location. We did not plan this. Oh, my God. So, of course, they're on the beach. And Michael Hoover is like, a third location? They're buying it, y'all. So right. then he's holding this check, which is worthless, by the way. Right. Totally worthless. And, of course, right on cue because that fucking train is never late some hammered kid on spring break <laughs> runs and tries to steal the check and now Doug director Doug like cool guy Doug is now full fucking FBI mode like a shot out of a cannon he's a hundred miles an hour he tackles the dude, grabs it's the check. It's all on video. We see it all on video. And he, like, doesn't hurt the guy. He's, like, full <laughs> FBI, like, from zero to 100. It's like I he's know. full out of a cannon. And he just grabs the check. And then he stands up and he's like, what? If you're Amy in this moment, like, how far from where you thought you would be six months into your job working on the Monopoly game are you? Now I kind of want to have drinks with that FBI guy, I think. I know. I know. I'm not assigning anybody anything. I'm just saying. So then we cut to what the captions call bombastic music. And Janet, our girlfriend Janet, is like, sometimes on a case, being lucky is better than being good. It's fucking awesome. It's awesome. Janet. It's awesome. So now, right after the crew leaves, remember how Rick Dent, the super serious guy who's not going to be involved in this documentary, he had that wiretap. You guys, like it's Christmas Eve. The lights are going like crazy on the wiretap yeah. because now this Michael Hoover guy feels super comfortable. They all bought it. So right. H- Hoover gets on the phone and calls this guy named Andrew Glom. <laughs> cool name, <laughs> bro, face. who has a quote checkered past. He had previously convicted for some drug charges on the federal side with the DEA. And so Mr. Hoover had called Mr. Glum. Ring, 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 ring. Hello? Yeah, Andy. That's Andy Glum. Andy, they were here. They believed everything. Everything I told them about the winning the ticket. You're like watching Doug today, like reliving the moment of listening into this conversation. And he's like, it was perfect. Right. He's like, you couldn't have scripted this better. Everything they are saying straight up that he didn't win this money. They're saying straight up they just lied to the McDonald's people. Like they are admitting to their crimes on this phone call. Right. Now we're diving deep into the wiretap and we meet Timothy Adams, who's another special agent with the FBI who I love. Yeah. He worked the wiretap. I do remember clearly uh, feeling like I was in New York and I was listening to a mobster talking about running his mafia empire, some mafia don, because that's kind of how this guy came off. Uncle Jerry, Uncle Jerry, you don't want to make Uncle Jerry upset. No one wants to make Uncle Jerry upset, right. but who the <laughs> F is Uncle Jerry? We got to find Uncle Jerry. Yeah, it's like all hands on deck. All of the FBI, and it's like before all this shit was like digitized or whatever, but they're all the FBI guys are in a room. They're pouring over these phone records. We did an analysis of phone records from past winners. Lo and behold, each of their phone numbers were calling common numbers. We saw the activity heavy coming in right before 
the prize was awarded or claimed, and then heavy right after, and then nothing. All were hitting that number. They're looking at like all of the winners in the month before they won and the month after they won. And all of these people have this one phone number in common that they were calling and was calling them. And this is like every single winner. Again, you guys, everyone who does this shit is so bad at it. So we learned that this guy's name is Jerome Jacobson, a.k.a. Jerry Jacobson, you know, Uncle Jerry. And somebody says Jerome Jacobson, also known as Jerry Jacobson the absolute head of security for Simon Marketing. You guys, if you don't remember, Simon Marketing is like the name of the marketing company that invented the Monopoly game for McDonald's. They came up right? with it. it was the, and they made the Happy Meal. That was Mark Devereaux who gave us that information, by the way. Girl, <laughs> meet me out on the porch for a mojito because I can't handle it, Ms. Devereaux. And that's how it ends. That's the end of episode one. Oh, my God. Girl, how many episodes is this? Six. Not enough, really, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> Oh, you guys, thank you so much for checking out episode one of our coverage of McMillions. All six episodes are available right now and ad-free at the $5 level on Patreon. It just gets crazier from here, you guys. On the Patreon also is where you can find the rest of the series that we've covered, like Making a Murderer, The Jinx, Lorena, Tiger King, Don't F with Cats, The Murder of Lacey Peterson, The Menendez Brothers, OJ Made in America, over 140 full bonus episodes to download and binge right this second. So to get all that content, you guys, just head on over to patreon.com slash truecrimeobsessed or go to our website, truecrimeobsessed.com and click on the Patreon link. And we love you, you guys. Enjoy your week. All right, bye.